The conversations on this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to substitute working directly with a lawyer. These episodes are not to be used as a basis to support or defend any legal action and transcripts or recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner. You're listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast, conversations between girlfriends who have the knowledge and information to educate and empower you before, during, and after a divorce. We're here to remind you, you're grown and you got it. Welcome to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Cook. And today we are talking all about dating with dating expert, Bella Gandhi. I am so excited about today's conversation because there is so much to know and understand about dating before marriage or even after divorce. Dating, whether you've never been married or are divorced, is a lot more involved and intentional these days, and for good reason. But unfortunately, so many women are not getting the right information or help they need. Well, today is that day. Bella Gandhi is the founder of Smart Dating Academy, which provides dating coaching services, online profile refinement, webinars, and most recently, the Love Lab. Bella has been featured on Good Morning America, The Steve Harvey Show, and The Today Show, just to name a few. Welcome, Bella. I am so glad to have you join me today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. This is an honor. Of course. So listen, Bella, you know, as a divorce attorney, I see couples all the time when the relationship breaks down. And many times I'm asking myself, not really how they ended up in my office, but really how did these two people ever get connected in the first place? So as a dating expert, you know, what are some common mistakes that women are making during the dating process that at the time they're ready to get married, there were some things that they just should have recognized either as red flags or really kind of taking a step back first. Well, that's a great observation. And I think you've kind of put the na- you've hit the nail on the head. I think that what women often do is they want to lock it down, right? And we're wired for that, right? We are we're nesters. We don't want seven partners. We want one. And if by the second date, this dude's looking normal <laughs> and he's cute and he's got a job, we're like, done. all right, you know what? Check, 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 done. Third date, sleep with them. Oxytocin is flowing. I'm <laughs> chemically attached. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, three to four months at latest, to your okay. point, those red flags after exclusivity start to appear. At the latest, they could appear on date one, but now yeah. by date three, because we are trying to get into this so fast, we lock it down we're chemically attached, and then we literally are overcome with hormones that don't let us be objective about this person that we are with. And then, you know, less than seven years later, they're going to end up in your office. They're in my office. And, and, you know, it's interesting because within five minutes of a client kind of describing their spouse or their relationship, there are buzzwords like going off in my head, like narcissist, 
or, you know, control issues, trust issues. And it's so interesting because, you know, you mentioned those flags, a lot of times they appear very early on and you end up either ignoring them or it's a active decision to think to yourself, okay, if I can, to your point, lock this down, it might change once we get married. Right. And unfortunately, we know that that is not the case. So when in the dating process, right, you start kind of asking yourself, okay, if I want to be intentional about what I'm doing in this process, are there things that should kind of be on my radar? So is it, I'm getting a hundred text messages from this guy I went on one date with, who's just saying, I can't be without you. I can't be without you. To me, that those are kind of like, ooh, you know, big red flag, let it go. There are other subtle things where, you know, that maybe there are comments about your appearance or maybe there's, you know, um, an off-putting reaction to a statement. So how in the dating process, when you're coaching uh, clients, do you have them kind of identify things? Maybe they write down and say, hmm, these might be something you look into or alert, be on the alert about. So with our one-on-one clients, Kimberly, we have a two-page list of red flags that we break down for people by the phase of dating. Fantastic. So we we teach this day one, session one. We call it the jumpstart session. So we do okay. two key things. We identify for women that are looking for men who their high GHQ guy is. And that's a very different checklist than they walk in with. Okay. It helps to define the characteristics that are actually going to make them happy ad infinitum in a partnership. Okay, so we start with that. So that's the roadmap. That's where we're heading. We're going to Happiness Island. Then the red flags are the second thing that we teach. And you can see those red flags to your point. You know, Fast and Furious, the example that you gave, the dude that's blowing up your phone (laughs) with 100 text messages. I want to lock you down. I've never felt this way before. I've never been in love like this before. Red flags, guys, red flags. When somebody wants to go too fast and too furious, it can be intoxicating, okay? When you've been on the dating market for a while, right? And suddenly someone that's sexy and, you know, attractive and successful pays you this kind of attention, you're like, Where have you been all my life? Here comes Prince Charming. The Hollywood myth kicks in and we lose our minds. We want that. But you know, and I might be dating myself. Do you remember when Tom Cruise went on Oprah and Hmm. was jumping on the couch about his relationship with Katie Holmes? And I remember having girlfriends who were like, oh my God. And that's amazing. I was thinking, really? That seems a bit much. That's really like over the top. It's over the top. And it's, to me, you know, it's so funny. You were just talking about like that intoxicating type of attention, especially if you've been out there for a while. And in some of my cases, my clients who are divorced and are trying to get back out there, 
this level of attention, I think, can kind of drive you to ignore some of those red flags when really those need to kind of stop you in your tracks and say, yep, nope, this isn't for me. Yeah. So that's fascinating. Yeah. Very bizarre. So in the approach to dating, right, is there a different approach when you are, say, a single individual and then maybe someone who has been divorced? Um, just simply because you might be at a different place in your life and you're coming from a certain experience, is the process any different or realistically, is it really the same, but it is, um, just how you kind of control it, so to speak? It's more the latter than the former. So I, you know, I tell people, Love is love. I don't care if you're white, Indian, black, straight, gay. It doesn't matter. We've had everybody come through our practice and love is love. So to your question about coming out of divorce versus, for example, a single person that's never been married, right? the single person may have less complications. They may not have kids. They may not have an ex to deal with, right? So from that standpoint, we're, we become, we're like, we're like fine wine, right? As we age, we get more complex. So, so you're, you're potentially, but not all divorced people are coming out of divorce with kids, right? Some are, some aren't at the end of the day. So if somebody is coming out of it with kids and an ex, that can certainly make things a little bit more challenging because when you're in the dating world, you want a good partner for you, but you also want somebody that's going to be a good partner for your your kids. Right. So that would be from that standpoint, I would tell you our process doesn't change at all, but I'm more addressing your question of the psyche of the people that come in to work with us. And what I will tell someone is, look, I do want you, you have to make sure this person will love your kids as you love your kids, but I don't want you to introduce them to your kids for until you're three to six months exclusive. So interesting. Okay. So we, you know, we're, because we want to take things slow. The biggest mistake people make in the dating process is they rush it. They don't take time. They don't take the time because we have like this, this thing of threes as an American culture, right? Three strikes, you're out. You know, I get three chances. And here, when I hear people going, well, sex on the third date, the third date's really serious. I'm like, what is wrong with you all? Three dates is three dates. It's three days. You have been been with this person for maybe six hours and you are going to (laughs) make a decision about being exclusive with someone. Like, you know, it's very rare to even get a new job job with three interviews, right? You're going to go through more extensive interviews and they're going to get longer. And yet we just, nobody's, nobody's talking about this. (laughs) Oh my gosh. You know, we are now we're screaming. We are. Yes. No, but you know, that's so true because now I think about it, right? I mean, you don't even get like health insurance and full benefits at an, you know, with it, with a new employer for like 90 days, but here, you know, three dates in and you're right. People are then, you know, becoming intimate or, you know, all of a sudden saying, look, I'm in love. I found my, I found my soulmate and maybe it happens, but this idea of kind of like rushing through the process is, is really interesting. I do. I want to talk about the, you mentioned about 
dating, um, having coming out of a divorce and having children. Is that something that when you're building your online profile, do you identify divorced with children or is that something that you kind of hold back? Um, And the reason I, I bring that up is because I'm wondering if some people are intimidated in the thought that if I put I'm divorced and I have children, that it appears that I have some sort of baggage, right? Yeah. And, you know, my, the way we guide our clients at Smart Dating Academy around that is most of the sites in the apps have a space to check off, never married, separated, divorced, widowed, right? Whatever it is. And so if you're divorced, say you're divorced, right? There's no scarlet letter that goes along with that by any means. And if you have kids, it's fine to say you have kids because why waste your time going on a date with someone and corresponding with someone that doesn't want children? There's just no point. Very true. Very true. Because then you're setting yourself up for failure, right? It's, It's, that's a huge part of who you are. And I think, you know, kind of dropping that third date in saying, oh, by the way, right, I have two children. Um, That just doesn't, I think, send kind of the message that that you want. So, you know, as someone who I have been now with my husband 20 years, we've been married 13 and together, you know, uh, seven prior to that. I have no clue about like online dating apps and, and the, that the world of, um, of dating, but a lot of my girlfriends have like 10 different profiles on like 10 different sites. And some of my friends get what I will say good hits. And then some of them, I get a lot of garbage. And when I'm looking at the various sites, I am asking myself, is there like a manual or like a do's or don'ts? Like your profile picture is not very flattering or some of your content doesn't really reveal who you are. So if there's something out there that kind of gives you kind of a guidepost of, hey guys, these are the things if you're really trying to attract someone to make a connection with that you should definitely do or you should definitely avoid. Yeah, you know, you can look on our site. There's lots of information, right? And I can tell you a few quick tips for those of you guys who might be listening to this and haven't dipped your toe into the online world yet. I'll tell you, this is the best time to date because COVID has driven tons of people online. Yeah. And it's also driven out the emotionally avoidant people that just want to hook up and have sex out of the market too, because not many people are jiggy with hooking up and having sex in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. So, so you arguably have a more robust pool of qualified singles. And then to add to that in December, we enter what's called peak dating season where online dating numbers spike 50 to 80% driven by the holidays. Listen, 48% of adults in this country are single. That's almost half. half. 
Okay, that's a census number, right? So now in December, you got the holidays coming up, single people, almost one in two New Year's resolutions, people rush the sites and apps. So right now, it's a really good time for you to either zhuzh up your profile if you haven't had luck or get yourself one made, um, five to six great photos of yourself, headshots and body shots, no more than one year old. People do not put old photos up there. (laughs) Like, do not do that. I see this every time I think, God, I've been doing this for 11 years. And I have been saying this for 10 and a half of those years that I've been helping people to get online dating. And sometimes I'm like, maybe I don't have to talk about photos anymore. Then I just take one trip on Match or one trip on Tinder. I was like, I still need to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) And your photos should be no more than one year old. And it's not only men that are guilty of this. Ladies, I see pictures of women that are beautiful and they have pictures with short hair. They have pictures with long hair. They have pictures in braids. They have their hair blown out straight. They have their hair blonde. And I was like, who is going to show up to the dates? Yes, that's so true. Who's showing up? Who's showing up? I'm like, people build a fantasy around six pictures. Okay. And and don't tell me you change your hair all the time because no. don't do that while you're dating. No. Because it's the first act of self-sabotage. The way you look in your pictures is the way that person should show up on the date. And they're like... Okay, preach it. I'm like, it's true. Like we build fantasies around, even with glasses. That's true. That's true. Because you're, this is your first impression, right? And so if I'm looking at the profile and there are five or six pictures of you and I'm looking for that individual when I go to meet them and you show up and it's completely, I'm not sure that I trust actually who you are. Right? Because it, it becomes, well, you don't look anything like your picture. So how do I know that anything that you've said here is actually also true? Oh my gosh, Bella, that's fantastic. See, yeah. I would be a whole mess. Like, no, I, you wouldn't, because I, I got you. I got you. You would not be a mess. That's true. I, I, I got you. So speaking of COVID and, and everything that's going on, I'm so curious about this new... I, it's not, it was like a session that's, it's called the Love Lab. It sounds mm. fantastic. So tell me about the Love Lab and how, you know, we can get people over to you to get your expertise with your team. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic session. We've done, we developed it during COVID because typically we do one-on-one kind of boutique level coaching. Okay. But I really realized how many people were coming into the market at that point. And we wanted to do something that was more accessible and enter Zoom, making everybody got comfortable with Zoom really fast. So we really started fast. doing these workshops on Zoom. So the Love Lab, doesn't matter where you are, where you're listening to this from, you get Get a spot in the Love Lab. It's three hours. We are doing it September 12th from 1 to 4 p.m. And it is called, it's the online dating Love Lab. So you will, uh, because studies show that we do not pick the best photos of ourselves. So what you, Kimberly, let's say you were out there and you were single and you would be like, okay, I like this photo of me and I like this one and this one. Studies show that we do not pick the most attractive photos of ourselves because we look at all our own tics, right? And that's why so many people like photos of themselves where they're not smiling, right? Because it's like, (laughs) oh, I don't, I wrinkle when I smile. I don't like my teeth, blah, 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 blah. No, nonsense. So in the Love Lab, 
we take over that process for people. I say, send me all of your photos and I'm going to hand curate your best photos. I have wow. never met you, but I will tell you scientifically why these are your best photos. So you have an objective okay. expert source saying, these are your six best photos. And then we send people a, prof- a workbook that I wrote that has turned online profile writing into a Mad Libs exercise. I love that. I used to love Mad Libs. Mad Libs. So this sounds so much fun. And I'm sure you get just the best responses because people are kind of comfortable and they're putting things down that they feel good about. So that sounds really fascinating. It's, we've tried to make it easy for people that literally at the end of the Love Lab, let's say at 4 p.m. on September 12th, Y'all could get yourselves online on a site by 5 p.m. Like you were done. And then <laughs> we're teaching. Done. You're done. You're ready to go on two <laughs> sites or apps. And that's, the, that's all you should be on at any time is one to two sites or apps, not 10. Like you mentioned, your friends okay. are like, you'll have dating ADHD, right? Yeah. People, you got to tone that down one and then maybe two. How can you focus on 10 of anything? Well, that's the thing. And that's why I'm always, because- and to me, I was thinking, well, wait, are there specific apps for, you know, specific individuals? And, you know, is there a reason why I would have 10? But that makes sense. Two, max. Max. That, I just, I don't get it. I, it's, well, first of all, that just seems like a lot to manage. And, I, you know, on some level it becomes, come on, let, let's streamline this process. So great advice there. No more than two people. No more than two apps at any given time. And, and so, and then in the love lab, then the workshop part of it, that we do for you even before the workshop. And then it's three hours of hardcore teaching you how to take the most flattering photos of yourself. All the secrets that we do with our clients Ooh. in our photo studio, we're opening up and we're teaching that. We're teaching people how to beat the algorithms, how to build a daily dating routine, and then wow. Q&A with me and my head dating coach. So it's a fun, intimate group of no more than 20 people. That sounds really fun. And who knew that it took all of this work, but I guess, you know what, you're finding your love match. It should take work, right? You should do the work and it's important. You know, it, it really, it's a lot of times when I come, like I said, I have clients that come in all the time and they say, you know, our relationship really has not been what it was the first couple of dates. And this is someone telling me after 15 years of marriage and I, and it, and it breaks my heart, but I'm thinking because the match was off, there was something that was off, but it doesn't mean that you can't then match with, with the right person out there. So this is so helpful that there's a program out there that can really take you through the true process to do the work, to really find, find the right person for you. Oh. Okay, well, not that I am getting divorced anytime soon, but if I were and I were ready to get back out there, of course I'm coming to the Smart Dating Academy. That's my first stop to like get myself to. If nothing else, it's to take beautiful pictures. Right? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> well, oh it's my so gosh, Bella, I'm so, oh, thank you so much. So, but before we go, what is the one thing that women should do before setting up an online dating profile? We've talked about pictures. We've talked about, you know, kind of content, but just kind of personally speaking, is there something that women should be doing before even venturing into kind of the dating world? 
Yeah, you should really look at the red flags that you missed in your last relationship. And especially if you were partnered up with somebody that either exhibits highly narcissistic traits, or maybe they're full-blown diagnosed by a therapist. Okay. And you really have to look your, at yourself in the mirror. And what I will tell you, right, this is from, from I would say, from my lips to God's ears, <laughs> that if you have been with somebody that was very toxic or abusive or narcissistic, your chances of doing it again are incredibly high. Okay. You think you won't do it again, but here's the, here's the cruel fact. We tend to do what's comfortable for us yeah. over what's right. And when you have been with somebody who is abusive, raging, toxic, you know what happens to you? You develop exceptional coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. You have a very thick skin. So it's like, oh, well, that guy, you know, this new guy, I mean, every now and then he gets kind of angry, but he was nothing compared to my ex. That is not high GHQ. That's what we call high and good husband qualities. Okay. That okay. is our trademark. So That's you need to really know, honestly, you need an intervention to help you. Okay. That's... You know? People think they can do it on their own. They listen to my Instagrams. They're like, I was married to a narcissist and they keep doing it and they rush into relationships. And then six months later, they're like, well, that fell apart. It's like, when are you going to realize help is out there? Help is out there. Help is out there. If you're choosing to do this on your own, know that it's shark infested waters if you have that past potentially. But you can get a life jacket. You can get somebody to take you out where there's no sharks. Yes. (laughs) Women peaceful happiness island waters. Happiness island. This is what I tell people, like the choices are yours and know that this is a likely outcome the second time around. Because Kimberly, you know, if 50% of marriages end up first time with divorce, 67% of second marriages end in divorce. That's right. 74% of third marriages, right? So we do this again and again, and it's borne out by lots of data over lots of years. Well, and, and it, it speaks to the comfort, right? And and you're so right. It's something that if you're constantly comparing the, oh, well, this isn't so bad in comparison to my last relationship, you know, it, it, it then you find yourself in a terrible relationship, Again. but you know, it, it, you're kind of clouded by misjudgment. So yes. help is out there. It's so important to get the help, but also to do the work. I think that is a huge, huge takeaway and so important for women to understand that before you even kind of forge into dating to move you to happiness Island, we certainly want you to get the help so that you are prepared and in a healthy space to actually find, you know, uh, the right person for you. So thank you. Thank you, Bella. That's fantastic. So look, I could talk to you forever about dating and relationships. And, uh, you know, I'm so, so thankful that you joined us today. Why don't you tell us um, where we can find more information about um, Smart Dating Academy? So go to smartdatingacademy.com and we actually have a free PDF that uh, 
uh, right pops up when you get there. And it's called the seven clues that you may be in a relationship with a narcissist. Very apropos for our discussion today. Um, And join me Instagram. I do Instagram. So you can follow me at Smart Dating Academy on Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central. Most Thursdays, I'm doing an Instagram live. I take live questions. We have a topic of the week. It's really fun. And it's very fun. I have have watched your Instagram live and they're always... So much fun and very informative. So yes, I love that. That's how you can find us. Excellent. Well, thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. Please be sure to, to subscribe so that you can catch new episodes. Remember, though you may be going through a difficult time, you're grown and you got this. 